Welcome to this podcast. Thank you for joining me tonight, um, Meryl, Al, and Florence. And um, we have been on the behind the scenes of the Undivided Conference, which was uh, a conference specifically available to those who are single at our church. I know for us that season has ended. Um, but we attended because we were given the opportunity to serve at the conference, and I wanted to talk about those opportunities that you guys were given and how the conference was for you in the role, the specific roles that you had. Um, so let's start off by just generally talking about how the conference was for you, and anyone can start. <laughs> What did you think of it? What did you think of the conference? I thought it was really good. I was, I felt like Al and um, Tiff were working really hard <laughs> all the time. Um, but I felt like everything went really smooth and I was surprised by how many different people were there. Like not, like a really wide age range, I guess. Uh -huh. And um, I don't know, I hope like people were well served. Hmm. I didn't attend the Saturday part because we had to do a lot of stuff with, um, you know, home stuff and everything. So I didn't get to sit in on any of the large group questions, unfortunately. Um, but I did ask a lot of people how it went. And I know that um, even just the vibe of being there on the second day was really cool. Like, it was cool to, I agree, to see a lot of different people um singles of, of varying stages, right? Um, whether it's someone who's like a high school student or a college student to people who um, have been, are more like young adult, well into their adulthood being there, it was cool mm -hmm. to see them come together. Mm. Yeah, I thought it went really well too. Um, from <laughs> an admin standpoint, um, I should also open by saying I didn't actually get to attend any of the sessions beyond just dropping in for a few minutes um, here and there to like take pictures and um, just pop in. Um, but I think from the people that I talked to, they liked getting to connect with married couples and like older people at the church who they don't usually get to talk to like for the sessions and the topics that were covered you know there's infinite material out there you know like there's desiring god and you know all these resources and podcasts but i think that the nice part is hearing from older men and women like from your own church mm -hmm. um and so I know that there was like a testimony sharing from one of the older single um, singles in our church. And I heard that people really appreciated that one. And just in the times when I was able to drop in, like people just seemed really engaged in the sessions and they were taking part and like having fun. Like I went into the Hope Center and like there were two sessions right next to each other. And like literally they were taking turns just like erupting in laughter. It was just like so fun. Like, <laughs> so, um, I mean, in that sense, you know, I think I got a really good vibe from it and just the feedback that I heard, um, 
people appreciated it. So I'm really glad that Gabe kind of moved forward, moved forward with that vision. Um, Cause I think connecting the singles with the families at FCBC was a big part of that vision. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it was Gabe or the admin team tried to incorporate elements to get it really exciting. I liked that there were like visuals of like the balloon decorations and all the little um, components of a conference, like name tags. And um, I heard all that you were the one that went behind like getting special speaker name tags and stuff <laughs> like that, little details like that. And um, did you guys know that like at the beginning of the session, like Gabe was also the MC and he did like the, um, like a book raffle. Oh yeah, that was that, cool. Yeah, that was really cool. He put like the 50, 60 names on and then like it was really exciting to see which name it landed on. So altogether, I thought it was a really, uh, it was a good turnout. But more importantly, I thought it was um, a blessing to see um, the married couples and the adults at our church step up to serve in the various capacities that there were service opportunities for. <clears throat> Okay, so the next question is, how did you find your role in this conference to uh, be fulfilling of how God was able to use you for this specific purpose? Um, you can either talk about, um, well, actually, yeah, just talk about how you served and how, how that was for you. And I guess we'll start with Al since you're on the admin team, it'll, it'll be nice to hear from you first. Um, so for the admin group, I guess how it started was that Gabe reached out to some of us and said that he was planning this and um, without knowing too much about it at that point, I was excited that there was going to be an event like this that's focused on serving the singles. Like I felt like it was really needed. And like you said, Les, at our church, we depend on singles and young adults a lot, like especially in the areas where my family benefits. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just nice to give back to them in that way. Um, but I guess my specific involvement or like how I saw my goal was just to support logistically in any way needed so that Gabe and the other speakers could be more free <laughs> from any kind of admin burden and focus more on the ministering and the mentoring aspects and use their teaching gifts um, mm -hmm. to benefit the attendees. Um, yeah, I think like ultimately it's, you know, it's gonna be the truths of God's word that are being taught that are really gonna change people. So in that sense, you know, I just really wanted to support and be part of that plan. Um, and then I, I guess like just as another side to it, I think um, like in church, marriage is very like celebrated and, um, you know, at times elevated. Um, so I don't think, you know, we're not lacking in that area at all. And I think I just remember my season of singleness, like, you know, marriage is the ultimate representation of Christ and the church. And, you know, it's two people giving selflessly to each other. 
you know, partners and sanctification, go forth, multiply, like, you know, mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean, not to diminish any of that, but I remember just thinking like, oh, like that's really good, but I just don't really know what to do with that right now as a single. Mm -hmm. So I think that that, um, that leads to the false feeling that the only meaning in life is to get married and, you know, discontent is generated there so I think you know for me like I remember that being a gap um and I know that I just would have benefited a lot from a conference like that mm -hmm. so um yeah just so for our attendees I think we ended up having 72 people register in the oh, end wow. um it was open to anyone but we define singles as um anyone who isn't married so single dating engaged or divorced um, and I think half of those people were 25 and older, and then like a third was in that, I guess you could call it like post-grad or college age range. And then um, you know, everyone else was um, younger than 18. Um, so I think, you know, in that group, there were people who were probably anxious to be dating or married or like weighed down in a way by discontentment in their singleness. So yeah, I think I just, I felt like, you know, that hopefully the conference as a whole would help provide mm -hmm. encouragement and mm -hmm. um, contentment in all seasons of mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. That's good. Well, we'll come back and talk about contentment, I'm sure a little later. Um, so yeah, Al, we're very thankful for what, what you did behind the scenes, all that work and preparation to organize this, um, conference was really like the foundation for why, like, it could even happen. So yeah, it was, I was really thankful. I, I was joyfully, um, seeing the fruits of your labor. So Yeah. Yeah, it was super fun. Like, I think when we first put out the call for volunteers and attendees, like at the same time, I think in the first month, like, the ratio was like one to one, like we had more volunteers than <laughs> attendees, like, it was crazy. People just really wanted to serve in this area. And, um, you know, we were so thankful. And, um, like, we're joking, like, everyone can have their own personal concierge. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, God provided a lot. Okay, so here's a follow-up question for you. Were there any aspects of your um, responsibilities where, like, you had to practice faith to see something come through? Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think planning a conference is like the closest thing I could get to is like planning my wedding, maybe like yeah. just needing to provide food for that many people and like, you know, like seating and like all that stuff, like name tags even. Um, <laughs> but I think what's different is that usually when you're planning something like you have a fixed budget, like, you know, how much you're willing to spend. Mm. Um, I think with a conference, you're depending on the program income to pay for, you know, the mm -hmm. things that you're trying to arrange ahead of time, like the mm -hmm. catering. Um, so, you know, on one hand, I'm like, 
yeah, like we should really try to get attendee registration up because we have to pay for the food and, um, you know, we have to feed all the volunteers too. Um, but yeah, I think I was just really like, it was so reassuring that there were so many people who just wanted to like come together and just put forth their time and energy. Um, and I think I just took a cue from Gabe, like he did not seem flustered by it. Like there were a lot of last minute signups, but um, I think he kind of expected that. So yeah, we sort of just tried to work within the constraints of what we like thought would happen. Um, and it actually turned out like it, it was good. It, we were on budget for the most part. Thanks. Thanks for giving that report. That's awesome to hear. <laughs> okay, let's see. Okay, so Meryl and Flo, you guys served with your husbands as the breakout speakers for the workshop that you held. So um, I guess one of you guys can start and share, like, how did... Um, how did you guys finalize the topic and how was it serving as a breakout session uh, workshop leader with your husband? You all go, Flo? <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, so yeah, so Gabe emailed us along as, as well as other couples if we'd be willing to lead a breakout session and that we could choose the topic. And um immediately like the thing I thought of was I like I knew what, what I would I would want us to talk about it's and it's basically just some of the challenges that Preston and I went through when we were a dating couple because they were pretty big obstacles in my opinion I felt like it was the most like one of the most stressful times of my life uh, going through some of the challenges we went through and I knew that I wanted us to be able to talk about that because um I knew that people have gone through similar things or possibly will go through similar things. And so I just wanted to share that and hope that it could be encouraging to others. Um, I've had like other situations. Well, I'll, I'll just share what they were for us to, to provide some context. So the three biggest challenges that Preston and I had while we were dating uh, were number one, our age difference, because I'm three years older than Preston. Um, number two was long distance that we had to do while I was in med school for about three and a half years. And then number three, the most stressful one was parental opposition, so my parents' opposition to um, our relationship. And over the years, like I've met, it, not necessarily in church, but just I've met people in my life that um, have gone through stories where they were like talking about how, oh, yeah, I'm dating someone, but I... It's not going to go anywhere because my parents are just so against them. And then I shared my story and they were just like, whoa, you know, and then I felt like that encouraged them and that really helped them to hang on. And a lot of these people, um, it's two I can think of in particular, they ended up marrying those significant others. So that was just encouraging. So um, that was my thought. And, you know, going through everything we went through while we were dating, I mean, I could only, at the end of it, when we were on our marriage, you know, ceremony and just reminding um, ourselves of how faithful has God, had God, how God has been to our relationship. Um, and just wanted to use that as a testimony to share to others. 
How do you think the session went? <clears throat> I think it went pretty well. Um, yeah, so we ha I had to work with Preston on it. And it's funny because, like, you know, I did not want to procrastinate at all because we had a lot, of, a lot of other things going on around the same time. But, you know, we, we kept trying to, like, we worked on a Google Doc together separately on, like, how we would approach it and things we learned from each challenge. Um, but it ended up being, like, I mean, he's been busy with a lot of stuff, work, and um, so, like, I would just write everything out from my perspective. And then what, I think it was, like, a few nights before we, um, you know, going to have to do the, the talk, we just, like, kind of, like, we worked on our own separate things, but on the same Google Doc, and we we're just talking through how we would do it. Um, and I think the session went pretty well. Um, at first, I was like, "Do we have enough stuff to to like talk for an hour and a half?" But it actually went to that time, including the Q and A. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I thought there were some good questions asked. There were some good, you know, things brought up. Um, so hopefully, people were blessed by it. Hopefully, people um, could be encouraged by it. I know for sure myself, like, you know, I, I wish I knew someone that was going through what I was going through at the time, because mm -hmm. it was just so, it was so tough. I felt so isolated from my family. Mm -hmm. Like I had mentioned in my session, I had like two worlds that I lived in during that time. I had a world that included Preston and then our church family. And I had a world that was like my family and each world existed so well, independent of each other. And I could never imagine these two worlds coming together and existing together um so so yeah it was just it was just very very stressful very like like heart-wrenching you know thinking about like maybe my my family wouldn't be at my wedding you know those are thoughts that went mm. through my head and how god like softened my parents heart and and led us through that challenge was like so amazing you know like to think to see how our family is now mm -hmm. compared to how it was before it's just mm -hmm. truly like you know god is so good to us you know god has uh, really um just worked in our lives so. well i'm glad that you guys i mean the topic was very fitting for um what you guys have gone through and i think that um opening up the conversation and just putting yourself out there is a, a really big encouragement, even if someone didn't have, doesn't have that experience. Um, I would have wanted to sit in if I could have, just to hear like the inner working of like God through your um, journey together. Um, but I did hear some feedback. I think some people, um, I mean, not some, at, at least one person, told me it was really encouraging to hear that you would have never imagined that you guys went through something like that, you know, in your dating season. So I, I do think it's a very helpful topic to um, open up and have a discussion about. And I was going to say that, like, um, I, like, I, I really liked the intergenerational aspect of this, because mm -hmm. it's been a while since I've worked with like youth, like I, you know, like yeah, back yeah, in my yeah. single days, I used to, and it's it was cool to be able to connect with and talk with some um, of those in the younger generation. Mm -hmm. um, and also I, I think about like how much, I, I love hearing stories about some of the generations before us, like some of the things that they've gone through. And I'm sure they've gone through things too that we just, yeah, we just don't know about. We see them now as like they have their kids or they have their grown kids mm -hmm. and they're serving in church. But I'm sure there are a lot of, 
stories and, and lessons and testimonies of what they've gone through, which I would love to hear someday, you know? So yeah. it's yeah. cool to be able to hear what the people have gone through. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys did it. Praise God. All right. So Meryl, tell us about you and Hanley. Uh, or pa- Pastor Hanley. Can we call yeah. him Hanley? <laughs> you can call him Hanley. Okay. Um, well, for us, the way we chose our topic was that out of the list of topics that Gabe gave us, Hanley picked one and I said no. Because that's how it's really boring. It was like... <laughs> Like, how should you deal with theological differences as, like, a couple or something like that? Something that's totally, <laughs> like, that would be really easy for him that he could do in his sleep. I like, no, I don't have anything to say about that. I'm not interested. Um, and then he picked another one. I forgot which one it was, but pretty much along the same lines. And I said no. And then he's like, okay, you just pick what you want then. <laughs> um, so ours ended up being <laughs> if um, friendships between guys and girls can um can exist which ended up someone ended up putting the catchphrase platonic relationships real or not <laughs> which good. made it sound really like it, it it made me feel more like oh shoot this is like a hardcore <laughs> topic um so Hallie was just really busy during this time so he didn't have a lot of time to prepare so I had to do a lot of the a lot of like reading and sort of um just gathering information and so we did the same thing where I just like put it all in a google doc and I was like well you just read it when you have time and then you can like add your thoughts or whatever um so in our session I guess the big catchphrase ended up being John Cito's line clarity over confusion that was said like so many times nice and I think like Flo I was like thinking oh my gosh I really haven't been in this um, situation for a long time where you're talking to singles who are like in this stage of life. You know, like when when I was like a Unicoi counselor or whatever, of course they would always be like, oh, what's your dating story? And they would have all these questions and you would just like, you know, tell them what you were going through. But um, yeah, it just felt sort of like a, ba- a blast from the past to be in that <laughs> position again. Like they kept asking us like, our dating story and I was like that's not that's not what we're talking about right now (laughs) but I guess they were just really curious um so it was it was fun I would say I would I also when everyone is sharing I just want to really thank like all the child care workers because I Mm -hmm. feel like they were so instrumental Mm -hmm. in um, any of us being able to serve there because that's like a huge barrier and just um I don't know how they watched so many kids for so many hours but and it was raining, so they couldn't, like, bring the kids outside and stuff. So, mm-hmm. oh, man, mad props to them. And mm-hmm. and my kids had a lot of fun, so I don't know what they did, but they did a really good job. Um, but, yeah, it was just good being in that mindset again and being able to, to just talk to people in different stages of life and to answer questions like, oh, I like this girl, like, when should I talk to them? Or, you know, like, I haven't thought about stuff like that in so long. Like, when should I DTR? I was like, this is like, um, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And I I went to your session, Leslie and Darren, and even though, like, I know your guys' story and stuff, it was still fun sitting there, listening. Fun. 
You yeah. didn't look like you were having fun. <laughs> I had fun. It was good. It was it was fun listening to to them recount their story and um yeah, you still learn stuff. So, yeah. All right, let's close with one last question. Um this question is to share any exhortations or encouragement that you would like to offer um, the singles who are at our church. And this can include maybe lessons you've learned or maybe things you would have liked to know when you were a single. Or maybe it can be a perspective of um, how you perceive singlehood now that you are on the other side. Um, so, yeah. Anyone can start. The way I perceive singlehood now that I'm on the other side is freedom. <laughs> freedom? Yeah, just like you're so, like your time is so free. I mean, like with every person you add to your family, like more and more time is just stripped away. And sometimes there's things that you want to do, right? Like, like the other day, I couldn't even read my book without having to stop every half a page to address another human being in my family who's trying to buy for my attention. Then I was like, why am I even reading this book? It's like a waste of time. Um, so it's just like, I don't know, there's just so much freedom to, to not only like do what you want to do, but you have so much freedom to, to like serve others. Like I've, uh, I miss Glennis's testimony because my son was sleeping. See, like there's no freedom there. I would have to carry my son so he could sleep. So I asked her to send it to me and um, I was reading it and she was talking about how she as a single person had the freedom to just like go to people's houses and have dinner with them when they like on a whim would call her over because they wanted just some company or you know like she has the freedom to spend like an hour before every meal just like reading the bible and talking to god and I'm like, dude, I have never, I have never done that ever since I've, I've had children, you know, like it's unheard of. Um, <laughs> so there's just, I, there's difficulties in being single, but there's also just like so much blessing that, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. And she's like talking about how she's able to, to like go on weekly dates with people who were curious about the gospel because mm -hmm. he was free and how she could just move from country to country mm -hmm. and um and how god is like her greatest confidant and how mm -hmm. he will never leave and he is always there and he's always faithful and he is um yeah that's just like something when i was reading it i just really felt convicted by like man that's so sweet you know to have god be so close to your heart because you spend so much time with him and you're not distracted by by the things of this world you know yeah that's so true you know what's interesting though is like I think we would probably say the same thing when we were single that we were really busy but we just had no idea how Busy, how much busier life will be when you're tied down to like a commitment for serving like your first your spouse and then children if God gives you children like you just have you don't have that reference point you just think oh I'm really busy but I think when you come onto this side 
where um, you have a commitment to raise like a family, to support a spouse, and then to raise your kids, then you have you're busy, and but you actually have to start eliminating things in your life, which you don't really have to do when you're still single. I would say, like, I think, I think much like other people, when I was in high school, college, and adult before I got married, I would always see marriage as, like, the goal, right? It was, like, the Mecca, like, just get to, you know, marriage and everything will be great. And while marriage is, is wonderful and there's many blessings and I love my kids so much, like, I can't imagine life without them now, um... I think that, man, like I, now I look back and I'm like, man, I should have like embraced it more. I should have like um, done more. And, and I think, um, I think God knew that side of me. Um, and that's, I, I really do believe that God wanted to separate me and Preston for a little bit while we were dating. Um, you know, there were so many possibilities where I, I could have maybe gotten into a school in California almost got into one like super close to where he went to college and I was so sure that God was going to make that happen even to the last minute um but he didn't right Mm -hmm. and now that I look back on it I'm like wow like God knew right he used that time when I was apart from Preston um from my aspect you know it allowed me to really focus on my studies number one um really invest and make new friendships which I think at the time I was like, I don't need new friends. Like I have my old friends and they're great. Right. Um, and it really allowed me to kind of put my time into some of the um, on-campus ministries and like um, really just like do other things and grow and, and mature in that aspect. And I know that if I was here for school and yeah, I would focus on my studies, but I'm sure every other time I would be just wanting to hang out with Preston, you know, always want to hang out with him. I'm sure I would be like that. So because of that forced time apart, it was almost like I was single, right? Because um, I just had a lot of time there. And, um, you know, Ohio, like, didn't have much to do. And I didn't have as many friends. So I, I, I honestly, there, like, whenever I went back there, I was like, oh, I have time to, like, think and, like, get things done. And I was actually really productive. Whereas when I was in, you know, L.A., like, it was just always so busy, always something going on, which is good. But again, it's a lot of distractions, right? So, and then when you're married, it's even more distractions, right? Like everything going, you have to think about this other person. It's not just like you, I can't on a whim go meet a friend for dinner if I want to, or stay out late to have coffee because I have to think, well, is my husband okay with it? Or do my kids need me? Or I feel bad. I'm putting too much like you know, responsibility on my husband to, you know, put down the kids. So it is all these things you have to consider. Whereas when you're single, um, you have more of that freedom to Mm -hmm. invest in relationships, to invest in serving. Um, You know, just recently, you know, they've they've been talking about the the summer short-term missions. And I'm like, man, I want to go on with them, you know? And I'm like, I don't think I'll be able to go for the longest time because it's two weeks commitment. And that's two weeks away from my kids unless I go to one where my kids are able to come which most of them you know they're too young right now right um so I think that yeah I think that um I wish I mean I think I I use utilize a lot of the time but I think I could have done more and I think mm-hmm. um that looking back on it now it's like oh you know it's such a it's such a great time um 
to really devote um, and mature and grow. But I get where you're coming from, Leslie. Like, it's just, you don't under, you don't realize it until you're already on, it's like too late, you know? Because yeah. you don't have a fear. You're just like, well, I'm like, I want to date someone. I want to be married, which is reasonable, right? But I think just embracing the time that you're in now um, and accepting and uh, being in the present, I think, because I'm, I was always like future, future, look forward to the next big thing. Mm-hmm. But I think embracing the, the present is really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I think for exhortation to singles, I think I would just say like your value isn't based on your relationship status at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for anyone who needs to hear it, like you have inherent worth because you're loved by Christ. And I think especially if maybe you're not in, um, or if you're in your season of singleness and not by choice um sometimes god just doesn't give us the circumstances or the desire uh, maybe to be married earlier in life um because he wants us to be closer to him or because you know we have other good works that he wants us to focus on that would be more difficult as a married person as you guys alluded to mm-hmm. um, so i think i would just say yeah just trust god with the uncertainty in the future um and like try to find your your peace and your happiness in him and like cultivate your relationship with him and pray about it every day um and I think just like practically like focus on being a good friend um I think like if you end up getting married like the person that you marry has to be your best friend and, or by the time you're married, like they should be your best friend. Um, and I think, you know, for Edwin and me, um, like we were lucky too. Um, and I think back to when we were friends and it wasn't like we singled each other out and we're like, oh, we're like, we're best friends or like, oh, he's like my guy best friend. Like it wasn't even like that. It was just like a long time of just being good solid friends like we were part of the same solid friend group for a really long time and um like there's just trust that's built up over the years and um we already like had that relationship so I think when we first started dating it was like we like skipped ahead like 20 dates like we already were like you know like at that point in trusting each other so um yeah I think just friendship is so important and you never stop working on that part like even when you're married so I think you know as a single you just just focus on being a good friend and um just cultivating your relationship with Christ very good very good so so you're agreeing with the workshop that there is such a thing as platonic friendship. <laughs> there, ha- there has to be. Otherwise, like, yeah. yeah. If there wasn't, then we we wouldn't be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My exhortation 
is for people, for those who have a desire to get married. This exhortation is for people who have the desire to one day get married is um, that your identity is not going to be found through the marriage and the marriage is not going to fix any of the problems that you might have right now, whether it's loneliness or maybe it could be um, like running away from problems that you see in your own family. Um, so all that like healing can only come through like Christ and your husband definitely is not going to be that person. Um, and because I am like a full-time stay at home, I spend most of my time literally just doing chores and feeding my family. So my exhortation is not because you, I see women like this, but someone has to be the house manager and someone has to be the servant in the house. And I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Like the chores just have to get done. The mouths have to be fed. And I think a lot of times God will use um, the mom and the dad. But I mean, speaking as a woman, like this is like a big part of like where my time goes. And I struggle with it sometimes because I, I don't feel like doing it. Um, but it still has to be done. And um, I think in the beginning of marriage, I was struggling with even something as um, small as like fairness and growing in the ability to boast and outdoing like my husband, like, oh, I get to do this chore. Like, so that Darren doesn't have to do it. I think it's something that I've personally, it's been a, a long journey for me to learn how to be humble and loving my family in these practical ways. Like just somebody has to be the house manager and I'm still working on that. Um, and I think my exhortation to, to men who want to have the desire to get married, I think my greatest exhortation would just be to love the church um, because the the role of the husband in the marriage kind of reflects the role of like Christ to the bride, to the church. And I think the specific actions I think of is loving the church by serving the church and learning how to be a good leader because um, being a servant leader as a husband, I think is is what like what the woman needs in a husband, someone who would love her as a servant, but also as a leader. And I think the best way to practice that is through the church, um, learning how to just love well and being committed and loving even um, when people are hard to love. I think that is would be such great practice for marriage because I think after you get married, you don't realize how complicated and mysterious women can be um so let's see i think that's that's my exhortation to people who have the desire um let's see anything else you guys want to share to singles or about the conference um i had like just a thought that i wanted to talk about but I didn't um I forgot to bring it up oh yeah quick. sure oh yeah I was just thinking that like 
in the course of planning the conference and like um, executing certain parts of it, um, it just opened my eyes to like the collective effort that it takes to not just produce a one-off event, but just like keep up, I don't know how to say it, like the infrastructure of the church. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Like it just takes like the entire body. And it's, you know, just things that you take as a given when someone else is like in charge or like responsible for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, like even like an isolated task, like food and kitchen, like we didn't even cook the meals, like we catered it, but it just took so much coordination and there's so much protocol and like just historical knowledge, like of, you know, using it since it's like a shared functional space. Um, so I think there's just a lot to be like passed down. Mm -hmm. um, and I think on that, I think there's something to be said about like, there are so many like faithful adults at this point, like serving just year after year and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like their love for their church. And I think that that just really speaks to God's grace and providing and sustaining us. So, um, yeah, I, it was one last um, thought that I had just about the conference and my reflection. So. Thanks for sharing that. I think that it really points to God's grace in seeing that this church is a multi-generational church. And I think like, if you think about like this age group, I think that this age group tends to go flock to churches that are just like single specific or like just a certain age demographics. And I, I find that it's really rare to be able to have the intergenerational aspect that this church has and it does speak to the faithfulness of the older generation that has committed themselves for decades and um it, it's something that I don't think we should take lightly like it's definitely a true gift of like God's grace to this church so thanks for sharing that Thanks for joining me tonight. We'll just end here. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.